Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you. And as always, big shout out to my EP, Andre Suttles, Suttles Solution, helping make this podcast possible. Today, we have a great episode for you, something that's very important, and I can't wait to highlight this for our listeners. But first, let me introduce our guest, Stephen Scroby, joining us on the Zoom call. How are you doing today, Stephen? Fantastic. Thanks for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure. And of course, as I always start the podcast, I like giving our guests an opportunity to introduce themselves really quick, tell them, tell the listeners where they're from, what it is they do, and then we can hop into the topic. So why not introduce yourself really quick to our listeners? All right. Hi, guys. Steven Scroby. I'm currently a deputy sheriff here in upstate South Carolina. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, about an hour and a half outside of New York City up there. Um, in the mountains and then through way in Missouri, then finally Florida, I kind of ended up here. So I've been a little bit of a journeyman going through my whole way. I've had a lot of experiences. Um, I started off going to college out in Missouri, um, studying psychology initially. And then towards the end of my senior year, wasn't really positive on what I wanted to do with my life. Um, hadn't really put much thought into it, kind of fell into law enforcement um, on a suggestion, believe it or not. And they called me up at the last minute. Initially I turned the job down, um, cause I wasn't sure it was that I wanted to do. And then I thought about it for a quick minute and, um, changed my mind, called him back. I was like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I want that job. It's <laughs> still available. It seems like one of those once in a lifetime opportunities I'm probably not going to get again. Um, only problem was I was still in school trying to finish up my senior year at the time. And I ended up deciding to leave school to go all the way down to Florida from Missouri um, to start a job, which for any kids listening at home, do not do that. Um, finish school (laughs) because down the road, way better option for you. Not that I regret anything that I've done personally, but if I could give any advice to people, do not leave school, um, because it'll hamper you down the road. If you do want to do anything or grow yourself, you're eventually going to have to do that. Um, but I ended up going back to uh, Florida, all the way down to Broward County. I worked there for seven years, um, had a great opportunity to work the road as a deputy sheriff. Also got on their SWAT team for a little while and uh, got some great opportunities for training with them. Um, Then I found my wife, we got married. um, And the way we found each other was more of a Hallmark story than anything else, to be completely honest. If somebody (laughs) made a movie about it, it would be that sappy. I swear to God. Nice. (laughs) Um, But it was just, perfect. That worked out great. And then we ended up for family reasons. We wanted a nicer place to raise our kids, moved to the West coast of Florida to a city called Cape Coral, um, where I really had an opportunity to grow as an officer. Um, I finally hit that point where, um, I stopped trying to look for the next best thing and really gave into committing myself to a career at that point and trying to grow myself, um, in my craft. Um, and that's when I started teaching. I started, I became a a high liability instructor in law enforcement for um, firearms, defensive tactics, uh, tactical medicine, driving, um, just general law. And I taught everyone from brand new hires, um, the academy, all the way up to professional classes down the road in our SWAT team. Um, So I had a lot of opportunities, a lot of very unique training um, things that I got to go see and do, and I'm very grateful for it. 
uh, towards the end of that, I was able to get in the canine unit after being in the training unit for a little bit. And I will say there is nothing better in law enforcement to get to work a dog um, because you get to go to work with your friend, best friend every day. And then he comes home with you. Um, So that was a really wonderful experience to have. And after seven years, uh, seven and a half years in Cape Coral, me and the wife decided that we wanted greener pastures up here in Greenville, South Carolina. And here we are. So Nice. And I haven't regretted it one bit. We came up here and made the decision mostly for family because I want a place where my kids can grow up and they can live and play and get outside every day and do the things that I got to and uh, have all those experiences. And they've been living it up ever since. It's been pretty incredible. I love to hear that story, man. It's amazing kind of the the breadcrumbs that lead us to where we are, right? We usually kind of see the path in hindsight. We don't know where we're going until we get there. And uh, I, I'll say, you ended up in the right spot. And, and we also do need to talk about uh, Knight's Armor as well. I know that's been a passion of yours and we'll be able to talk about that. But first, before we really hop into the, the meats and potatoes of the podcast, I just want to say thank you for your, for your service and, and your willingness to, to go out there each and every single day and, and serve your community. I don't know if you get that enough, man. So I appreciate your service on that. What was the transition like? Because you mentioned kind of stopping looking for the best next best thing and becoming full into your craft what was that transition like what was this change that you've noticed for yourself as an officer once you decided like you know hey let me embrace this and become the best at that i can be in it well it's it's really difficult sometimes for all officers because nobody can really you never really know what to expect when you get in this job uh, or this career depending on where you're at and it's going to be different depending on where you work and who you are and the experiences in your background um I was a kid. I grew up in pretty much the woods for the better part of saying it, a very limited area. Um, I came to work and when I got to work, it was very busy. It was a very busy area. Um, It was uh, not a very affluent area that I started out in. And the only reason I was put there was because I was told I was fast and a lot of people would be running from me. Um, And it was down in South, South Florida. I didn't understand the culture. I didn't understand a lot of it. I was very naive to a lot of things and it was a very quick learning curve for me. Um, as a young, I started when I was 21, I had next to no life experience going into the job. I mean, I was a college kid, um, just stringing along, trying to figure out what he wanted to do in life. And then that's where I ended up. Um, and that happens to a lot of people because what most people don't understand is that when you go and you get prepared to be an officer, you, you go to maybe five months of schooling, right? And you start off in the police academy and they get you ready for a basic certification, which is about 460, 500 hours, depending on where you go. Some places a little more, some places a little less, but they, they give you the basics, basic self-defense, basic firearms, basic introduction to the law so that you understand it well enough. Well, they say, great after that 460 hours, now you are ready to go. You can go take somebody's freedom, possibly maybe take a life, you know, you're ready to serve and protect and you're going to do it the best you can with all your knowledge. Um, now to put that in perspective, 460 hours may seem like a lot, but if you want to be, let's say a cosmetologist Mm -hmm. or a chiropractor, you have to go and get over a thousand hours of certification before you even get a license. Um, and that's a big difference, especially considering, the outcome and the job that you really have on the back end of what you're learning. Um, and a lot of people, they get out and they never train again. They never learn again. And I was just very, very fortunate that I had a support group of people that were just incredible mentors for me, um, going through my career. So I had a really great opportunity to have some people show me the way and how to do this properly and right and understand everything that I didn't. 
Um, so it was a huge wake up call for me initially. And I think that um, because the way I fell into it, I wasn't really sure if it was for me at first, especially yeah. the high stress job. There was a lot going on. Um, it was very busy. It was very overwhelming um, running call to call every night for, you know, four or five nights in a row. Yeah. And it took its toll on me. And every now and then I'd get, keep having this love, hate, everybody has this love, hate relationship when they're in law enforcement, you do something great and you absolutely love it. It's like, it just makes your day to like, you save somebody's life and you're like, yeah, this is the best job in the world. I can, I can't believe like, why would I ever want to do anything else? And then you just hit, you know, one call after one call. It's just depressing and, you know, really struggling with what you see or what you had to deal with for like a week straight. And you wonder like, why am I still doing this to myself? Um, So it goes back and forth and eventually that'll take its toll. And I think a lot of my problem was that I was going through my career thinking that like I'm here, but there's going to be something better down the road. Mm -hmm. Like I'm setting myself up for something better. When I get my degree, I will be able to go on and do something bigger than this. Um, And then at some point, I had a talk with my father and he, he said um, that I, basically I had a race that I went to. Um, it was an Ironman. I completed Ironman. I do triathlons and things like that. And he came and he watched me do it. And I was surprised that he, he actually came along and watched this one um, because it was all the way across the country in Utah. And he told me afterwards that he was really proud of me because I had, I had followed through with something. Wow. Like I had really, I had, I had taken it. And I had started it. I came up with the idea a year ago that I was going to train. And I was going to complete this race and that he was proud of me for not just doing the accomplishment, but that I overcame something that I struggled with, which was procrastination and following through, um, which was kind of an eye opener for me in a sense, mm-hmm. because it made me sit back and go, wow, like you have all this opportunity before you. And if you're constantly looking in other directions on where you're going to go and what you're going to do, you're not focused on being good at what you have right now. And I think that's really important for people to understand is that if you're always looking elsewhere and you're off in the distance and your eyes are on the horizon every day and you're not focusing what's right in front of you, you're going to trip and fall. It's inevitable. I mean, and you just, if you take the time to care about yourself and find yourself some happiness, like when you go into work, you make this day, like this is the most important day you will ever have today. Or if you're trained in a class, this is the most important class you will ever teach. Or this is the most important gym session you're going to go, training session you're going to go to at the gym. Every day you approach with that mentality, you're going to have a good day. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be good because you're already starting there. Like, And you're putting the importance on today, not the future. And the future will happen. It'll come and it'll be there. But you got to focus on yourself because that's what you can control. You can't control the future. There's going to be a million and one things that come in from all directions that take you in different places. And, you know, the only thing that we have control of are ourselves, our happiness, you know, and what we have and who we put in our lives. Yeah. And that's it. And, you know, if you can take those things and, and set them up for success, that's what I started to do. Um, that's when I really became, I, I doubled down on just being an officer and being the best one I could be. I started doing extra training, making sure I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing, taking care of myself better um, taking care of my personal life better, everything. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how you start one thing and everything else just seems to fall into place after that. Cause like people don't realize it, that when it comes to mental resilience and building yourself like a bulletproof mind almost, or a bulletproof lifestyle, it's, it's a learned behavior. It's not things that just happen naturally for people. Like either you had to learn it from your parents growing up. Um, and if you didn't have that, or you were just resistant to it, 
you you can still build that, but it takes time and effort. You have to concentrate on it. You just can't show up and expect everything to be there. <laughs> and it doesn't happen overnight either. <laughs> no, no, it definitely it's taken me. I've been in this industry 15 years and I feel like I'm just hitting my stride and, and finding out where I, I should be yeah. and what I should be doing. And it's taken just about that long. <laughs> and that's what's so so pivotal, Stephen, is because I think there's I think a lot of folks, the the watchers, the listeners right now, they need to hit rewind and kind of listen to that over because I think what you just said applies to so many different facets of life, and it really just applies to growth overall. We spend a lot of our lives going through school, most of our lives go, going through school. And then when we graduate college, we get a job and we just think we have life figured out. And a lot of people stop growing after they graduate college or they come out of the academy. Like you said, they, they, they get their badge and then they stop training or, or growing even further. I think whatever we apply ourselves to in life, whatever our career is, whether it be a police officer, myself as a news anchor, or anybody listening, whether you're a mailman, a, a sanitation worker, a server, whatever job it is, if we apply ourselves to grow, grow through life, we excel at that job that we're doing. And by excelling at that, I think we, we gain more fulfillment in ourselves because at the end of the day, we do want fulfillment. We want love and we want acceptance. What do we do for that? We try and be good at what we do. When we are competent and good at what we do, we start getting the fruits of our labor. I love the fact that you mentioned being, being focused on growing, taking care of each and every single day and treating it like it's important because a lot of us get lost in the planning process or we get lost in the reflection process. We look back and talk about what we could have done better, or we look ahead and we have anxiety and worry about what comes up next, and we don't spend enough time <laughs> spending time on today and just making today right, not knowing that that's probably the secret to, to all our problems there. What are some of the, those, those tips you can give folks in terms of focusing on today and applying that? And I know you've done this probably with your training with other officers in, in how they can kind of transition out of that funk and focus on maybe a brighter future? Well, the first thing that people um, really need to remember is that there's no time when you cannot reinvent yourself and nice. you cannot be a new person. Whatever you did yesterday does not carry over today. Um, whoever you were last week, you don't have to be that same person this week. Um, if you had a bad week previously or you had a bad month, let's say, or a year, I mean, 2020 has not been good for a lot of people. <laughs> There's no reason you can't wake up tomorrow and make the best of it and just put your best self forward for the world. Because not only do you need that for yourself, but the people around you will appreciate that because you attract your energy. Whatever you're putting out there is attracting like-minded people, whether you believe it or not. Um, if you go out with a positive energy, you will find people that want to emulate you and, and meet your energy. Yeah. Um, and the same thing applies in law enforcement. If you go out every day and you expect the worst, you're expecting to deal with a whole bunch of awful situations and you know, you're just down on your luck and you, you let every little thing get to you along the way, then yeah, you're going to be miserable. I mean, if you go into work with the attitude of God, this again, like you're never going to shake it. Like that's what you're going to find. You seek what you find. And if you can go there and you can set yourself up again, set yourself up mentally for success, where you're going to go in and you just remember every day to see the good in people. It doesn't matter if it's the third time that you've dealt with the same exact situation for the day. You don't know how that person got there. You don't know what put them in that bad situation. Um, 
it's just that you always, there's always good in someone or there was at some point, even no matter how bad their situation is today. And that's, you have to remember, especially as an officer now, that is why we start. If you walk into any hiring board in the country and you look at a fresh interviewee looking to get into law enforcement, you ask one question, why are you doing this? Every single one of them will give you the exact same answer. Can you take a guess? What's that? Help to make the world a better place? Yeah, I want to help people. I want to make the world a better place. Well, you know, 10 years later, dealing with the same people over and over again, drags them down. And all of a sudden, their attitude is more towards, I'm just doing this to get out. I'm just doing it for the retirement. I'm just doing it for the benefits. The pay is okay. It's, you know, it's supporting my family for now. Um, I don't know what else I'd do. Things like that. There's no reason for people to forget the importance of what we do. Yeah. Um, because it is one of those altruistic things that, you know, to want to go out and help other people. Um, it's one of the highest callings you could have, in my opinion, is that you just dedicate a life of service to the community. And I think the problem in the disconnect is that along the way somewhere that gets lost. Yeah. And that's what my charity that I started helps do is it helps remind officers why they started in the first place. Um, because you see that. And that's what you have to remind yourself every day is that you make a choice on how you're going to be today. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your best day. Yeah. But as long as you're trying and you're out there putting your best foot forward, you're, that's what you're sending to the world. And the way I look at it and the way I started looking at it personally is it, I, like, there are a few instances you remember where you really change in life who you are. And for me, one of those big ones was having my first kid mm. five years ago. Mm. Um, and ever since that day, like I had this conversation with my wife the other day, um, that was one of those key moments in my life where I sat back and I said, there's something bigger here than just me. Like, it's not just me anymore. I have to be the best example every day I can for my son because I want him to see like, what would his, what's going to be his motivation in life going forward to be a good person. What's going to be his good example. Um, so if you see your eyes through other people sometimes, you can see what they see in you or what they expect of you to be, then you will always try to be better. Because it's important to understand that when we show up on calls, we're going to everybody's worst day. Like there is nobody that calls us on a daily basis just to be like, hey, officer, I just wanted to come over and have you get to my house to say thank you for what you do. And I really appreciate you guys. That would be awesome if it did. Um, but it just doesn't happen. And most of the time when we do get there, even if we do something good for somebody, somebody else is probably upset because they're going to jail. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. one of the parties is not going to always be happy. Um, and then we have to deal with, you know, an upset person and not that they don't have a right to be upset. They're going to jail. I completely understand why they'd be upset. Yeah. You know, nobody likes to get caught End the story, but um, you just have to realize that every day you have an impact on people with how you present yourself, how you act. And you are in 100% control of that mm -hmm. um, when you go in. I think so the biggest just, thing you're touching on too, because I work on this everyday thing. And I have a hard time rebounding. I said that on the podcast before, and I'm, I'm very self-aware of that. As I try and improve myself and get better, I notice that rebounding gets hard sometimes because I'm hard on myself. A lot of times we're our biggest, worst critics, right? How, what would you say to somebody in terms of giving themselves grace, forgiving themselves for being less than perfect on a certain day to kind of get up and get at it again tomorrow? Because I, I imagine for some people, it's easy for a bad moment to spiral into a bad day 
and a bad day to spiral into a bad week. And then they're like, this is not my month. And then, like you said before, 2020 is just not my year. How can we turn that boat around? Well, like I said, mental, uh, mental resilience comes from just practice. I mean, you stumble, you fall down, you get up, you practice. And, and the best thing you can learn is even as long as you're still trying, you're doing something. It's better than standing still. The worst decision you can make is no decision at all. You can be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to take a chance and fail as long as you are doing something. You can fail 700 times and the 700 first you get it right, you've learned and you've grown. And that's okay. That's what you're looking to do. You're looking to grow as an individual. You're looking to get yourself better and get your mind right. And it's, it's a struggle. It's not easy. And that's why it's so important to seek a support system. Um, because a lot of people think they have to do this on their own. It's this big journey where only I can do it. I, I'm the only person that can take care of me. You know, we're, we're taking a long, long run through life here. If you equate it to a marathon, would you, if you had to run it through the mud, like (laughs) that'd be pretty difficult. But if you had like 10 of your buddies along with you to make it an enjoyable experience, wouldn't you rather do that? Absolutely. (laughs) I don't mud that that people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it would just be fun at that point. And you can go through a really bad, really tough situation and it can still be fun as long as you surround yourself with the right support, the right people there with you. And nobody, I don't care who you are. You are not above help. You can be an officer and you can be in this, you know, alpha persona where we have to take on so much and we take on everybody's responsibility and their problems and all this. And, there's no reason why we can't support each other um, or we can't seek support. It's perfectly okay. And a lot of people need to do that. And they need to understand that help is out there. And there are a lot of people willing to do that um, because I think it's necessary. I think that that's how you grow as a person is you surround yourself with the right people um, yeah. because, you know, they say you're a sum of all the people you keep around you. Um, and if you want to be great, then you need to find great people mm-hmm. that you look up to and that challenge you and make you a better person um, and help you along the way. And I've had that experience. I've been lucky like that, where I've come into a lot of great situations where I've just had the right people there to show me what I needed to at the time. And thank God for me, they were there because I've grown so much just from that. My wife was a huge influence on my life, uh, spiritually, especially because just her positivity alone. Um, was a lot because as much as I say support, the biggest support officers get is their home. I mean, actually outside of law enforcement, the biggest support you can get is in your own house. And I think a lot of people doesn't realize that mental health and fitness and all that and wellness, it goes well beyond just being an officer. It's something that really can speak to anyone because it's such a prominent issue. And it's something that's so overlooked today. Uh, that people really don't concentrate on themselves and their own awareness. Like you said, you do a lot of self-reflection and you get that time where you can sit back and you can, you can analyze everything you do, especially I imagine because you're in front of the camera a lot, you have that opportunity. Um, and then you get to go ahead and review everything. Well, most people, they don't understand that or take the time to do that. Mm-hmm. So if you never had that self-analysis, do you feel like you would still be the same person today? Absolutely not. I probably would still be doing the same bad habits or picking up on the, the same kind of crutches that I fall into. And that's not just with my words, it's kind of with my actions. If I don't check some of the things that I do myself, I'm never going to upgrade or change them. It's not that they're bad. It's just, I don't see the areas to improve if I never look. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not looking, you're not going to find it. 
Um, you have to actively go out and seek these people, seek people that you have respect for, that you see doing the things you want and find out how to get it. Um, you can't sit back and just wait for the world to come to you. It's never going to happen. I mean, (laughs) it might, I mean, there's certain people that just have that luck. i there's a running joke in my old agency that I was one of them. I was just born lucky, I guess. But um, I think a lot of it is you put yourself in good situations or in, in a way to find them and they will, they will come to you. Yeah. Um, and that's extremely true. Uh, you, you need help. Everybody can use help. And I, or I don't like to say help. I actually prefer to say support. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody actually taught me this a while ago because when we say you want to help somebody, help implies a certain amount of helplessness. Like they, the person couldn't get there without you intervening and pulling them along. And most people, I don't want them to understand, like they don't need help. They just need support. Mm -hmm. These are things like pulling yourself up mentally, pulling yourself up physically, anything like that. Um, Better training. These are things that people can do on their own. They don't need help, but it's easier with support. Yeah. Um, and that's what like my company is here for. And that's what I want people to remember is it's not getting help. You're not giving up. You, it's not that you can't get where you need to go on your own. Mm-hmm. But why not have a friend help you <laughs> or bring you up? Like, why not make it easier on yourself um, if you don't have to do it alone? Yeah. And there's, not, almost- there's no, there's no, ma- there's no manual written in stone anywhere that says, hey, I have to do this the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of us like to, right? I'm hard headed. I used to do things the hard way all the time. But to your point, the support is really the the cheat code to the next level. I mean, I could tell you work out, you probably spend a good amount of time at the gym. If you're getting underneath the bench, the bench press, and you're trying to push 300 off the bar, you might have done it before you could probably do it. But if you want to go from 300 to 315, you're probably going to call somebody over to help spot you because sometimes you just need to feel the weight before you can actually do the weight. And that's with so many things in life. Yeah. And like you look at, you look at anybody, all professional athletes, they're at the pinnacle of their game. They're at the top. Like they've reached it, right? This is it. Everybody's looking up to these people. You have all these superstars out there that have done, they've done it. They've, they've climbed that mountain. They don't stop seeking coaching. They change coaches all the time. Professional fighters change coaches constantly. Like they're constantly rotating through new trainers, new coaches. They're always seeking that next best advantage. Um, and that's true with just about everything. People in Hollywood, people that are on TV, they're always seeking new inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, the greatest thing about it is that you should never stop seeking to improve yourself. Yeah. Never, never settle with where you're at because at some point, if you settle here and everybody else is climbing, all of a sudden you're not, you're not where you used to be anymore because that's where people want to be. Driven people, people that want to pull themselves out of the mud, they're always going to be working to be better. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that you have to build in you and it, it's easier with support and you just keep finding good people to help bring you up mm-hmm. and not that you can be at the top of your game and you still need a coach. Yeah. You still need somebody there to teach you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the perfect transition into with Knight's armor for a lot of people. When you mention or you think of high achievers, the athletes, the actors and actresses, the businessmen and the businesswomen who are at the top of their game, who constantly seek out coaches, mentors, and and people to help them elevate. I think that's true in every industry and every job and every career, especially now applying that to law enforcement, where you mentioned a lot of the interactions happen on folks, their worst day, and it's just another day on the job for you. Having that constant focus on 
mental health, taking care of yourself, being your best, approaching every situation is so helpful. I'd like to talk a bit, little bit while we have a few minutes left in the podcast about Knight's Armor and, and the things that you're kind of providing for law enforcement here. And one of the tags, I love how you mentioned being the calm within the storm, because you're talking about kind of being the rock in, in a very shaky place here. Yeah. And that's kind of where I came up with the idea from. It was actually uh, from something my friend said is that specifically with dispatchers, he's like, when, when you get to a call and all hell is breaking down around you and it's like you, your head's on a swivel and you don't know what's going on. It's big fight, big catastrophe, um, huge scene. And you're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And then you get that calm voice on the other side of the radio asking if you're okay. That's one, even something little as that can be incredibly impactful um, to bring you back down to where you're back and you're ready to take on the world. Um, And that's what officers really aspire to be for, for the community is when everything seems like it's breaking down and you seem like you can't handle it to the point where you had to call the police to come help you and come, you bring us into your life. We want to be that calm voice of reason in the storm that brings you back down, that helps you understand what you're going through. Um, because policing is so much more like good policing is so much more than just writing traffic tickets or taking people to jail. Um, and it, it, at its best, it always has been. Um, it's about getting to understand people and solving problems and really getting through to the community on what's important and um, what they can take away from every situation. Yeah. Um, even with difficult people or people that have mental problems or drug addiction or anything like that, there's still some interaction we have to have there. And I think it's really important to understand that you never need to stop growing um, as an officer, because this is, these are all, you know, times change, people change, and you need to continually adapt your skills. Yeah. Um, and that comes with that continuing education to improve yourself. Uh, if you have, you want to develop, you want to invest in the future in children, for example, would you take away schooling? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. It'd be the last thing you would do. So why would you do it with any other career? Why would you stop learning in anything else if you're investing in the future of your industry? Yeah. So as you uh, were mentioning before, and, and I was kind of shocked by this, for anyone, let's say there's an officer who wants to get continued education, you know, some of the training could be expensive. Your organization offers that help, that aid, so that they can continue to learn, advance on these different training tactics to elevate themselves as an officer, really just as, as people. Because, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about overall growth to better be effective in the, in the career or the job that we're doing. Yeah, like I said, I'm really big into the training aspect of law enforcement. Um, I love teaching people. I love helping people grow. So we started Knights Armor, me and my wife, um, we got together and we, we saw a need for it in uh, my community. And I brought the idea up and then all of a sudden I had all these people jumping on board and it snowballed very quickly, um, which is incredible, um, which shows to the cause that we're trying to promote is that we provide any donations we get goes directly to providing free tactical training and um, tactical equipment to smaller agencies and agencies that otherwise couldn't afford it. Like you get your smaller local agencies. A lot of people don't have the opportunity for advanced training. They just get that basic training and their regular yearly stuff in, and that's all they can really manage. 
Um, so what we do is we take professional training to them, whether it's through uh, myself and a couple of associates, or I can consult out and send other professional trainers from that area. If it's even out of state or across country, um, we can get advanced specialized training to these people that can be life-saving, which is incredible. We do a lot of self-defense uh, training and a lot of tactical medicine training. Um, and a lot of the equipment we give out are like individual first aid kits that can be used to assess trauma on scene, things like that. Um, so it really is a lot of life-saving stuff that we're doing. We do a lot of building clearing tactics, uh, things that people normally wouldn't get. And um, sorry, I just went mid-sentence. It's just mostly stuff like that that we really get to gets overlooked over yeah. the course of course of time because when budgetary restraints come in um a lot of a lot of agencies their first thing that they'll do is they'll they'll cut training or cut funding to training due to manpower or whatever whatever reasons you have but it, it's unfortunate because like i said it's so important for the growth of officers uh now in addition to the training and the equipment aspect that we try to get for those agencies, for any agency, uh, we offer mental health counseling and coaching. Uh, I think it's extremely important being from a psychology background that officers take their best selves to work every day. Yeah. And if you have all these problems at home, wearing you down, weighing on you that are distracting you from what you are supposed to be doing, um, you're not going to be at your best and you're not going to be at your safest. And our goal is to have every officer go home safe every night to your family. And because we also believe that extends to families as well, because a support system for an officer is just as important as themselves. We extend the mental health counseling and coaching to the spouses of law enforcement as well. Awesome. Um, because it's extremely important that every officer who goes home has somebody that they can talk to that understands what they're going through, understands what we have to deal with and can help them remember why they're here and what their purpose is as an officer also. Um, because it's that remembrance of how great the work they're doing that will keep them going. Uh, in addition to that, I, we also feel that mental health is directly connected to fitness and wellness. Um, I have a little bit of a personal training background. My wife is a mental as a nutritional counselor as well. And then we've had many, many other counselors come on board since we've started this program that have offered their services for free to any active law enforcement officers who want to get started in fitness, but they don't really know how they don't really want to join a gym. They just have limited equipment We'll write personalized fitness programs for people um, wow. so they can start getting in shape and personalized nutritional counseling for active officers. If you feel like, you know, you put on a couple pounds um, and you want to shed some weight, you want to look better again, you want to feel better again, because this, this job has, it's a very high stress job and it can have, you know, a lot of indications down road on your health yeah. um, that are, can be detrimental. So to combat that, you have to do everything you can now to put yourself in a healthy situation, whether it's just changing your dietary habits to eating properly, getting more sleep, cutting out alcohol, things like that. Things you can do now that will help you down the road and help you in your personal life as well. Um, so that's why we offer all these services for free because we do understand the importance of how it can affect officers, not only on the job, interacting with the community, but also at home every day with their families. Nobody wants to have to struggle at home. And like I said, if there's the easy button right there, why wouldn't you hit it? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, we're here for everybody and all anybody has to do if they're interested in our service is go to our website and just contact us. And that's yeah. all it takes. Um, and what is that website and any social links that you want to leave for folks? Cause I do want to make sure that they have that opportunity to, to, to link up with you. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, our website is www.knights-armor.org. Um, and it, it explains everything about us and what we do. We're on Instagram at the Knights Armor. And on Facebook, you can look us up under Knights Armor as well. Awesome. Um, or Knights Armor Org. And they can get in contact with us any one of those ways. Um, I'm here all the time answering and I love to hear from people. And if there are any trainers out there, um, certified trainers, counselors, coaches that are interested in donating their services and joining the cause, I'm more than welcome to that too. Cause the more I can grow this and the more we can get the message out across the country that there is support out there. Um, and that, you know, we're here to help and we're here to make law enforcement great. And, yeah or we're here to grow together and become everything this should be. Nice. I love that. And, and Steven, thank you for, for everything you're doing, not just as a law enforcement officer, but outside of that with Knights Armor and, and really not just a leader in your community, but in, in your household and, and everything. I could just tell by the way you speak, you, you, you take it seriously. And I think that's really important for a lot of us to, to absorb and, and notice because you know, this thing that we're all experiencing called life, when we wake up, we make of it what we want. And if we take it seriously and we pour into it, we can have amazing rewards. And, and a lot of times it's all about taking that first step and having that importance there. So I, I appreciate you sharing today on the podcast and I, I appreciate the mission and everything that you're all about, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much. Ted. I really appreciate you having us here and being able to support our cause and, and let us just get our word out. Um, this thank you for what you do. And uh, off the record, I'd like to talk to you after this. If you don't mind, I got a Definitely. question for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be continuing to, to kind of connect. And my question for you, I'll even ask on the podcast. I want to work out with you, man. Cause <laughs> <laughs> hey, anytime, come on down. I go to CrossFit OSC. It's great. Actually, uh, a couple of our trainers there, they also are in there. They're writing fee- free fitness plans for people that sign up too. Okay. So, uh, one I'll of try. them down there. Um, it's, it's a pretty fun place to be. It's a very, actually John, the guy that was John Constantine, who was there last week with you, yeah. he goes there as well. He's super competitive. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Well, I'll but try it's just to keep a good up. Time. Definitely. Well, I'll be sure to check you out, man. And uh, uh, thank you again. And to all the listeners and the watchers that rocked with us throughout this episode, something tells me you're going to have to put this on replay because there are so many gems uh, throughout the episode. Some that I've written down was first your, your, your advice to everybody, finish school. If you've already started and, and you're, you're going through it, might as well finish what you started and follow through, which was another uh, tidbit that Stephen dropped was, you know, being able to follow through. I've never done an Ironman before. I actually have it on my vision board to my right as we're speaking of, of me doing one of those obstacle races or, or, or something. I do have to put myself in that kind of discomfort at some point. And also being good at what you do right now, embracing your craft, pouring into it, and do that by building yourself. Just some of the, the, the tips and the many gems that was, was left along the way. So I, I hope you guys go back and listen to this again. Stephen, thank you so much. And, and to the listeners, as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, 
a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.